podcast, the only podcast that is perfectly balanced as all things should be. I am your host, Max Moser of the six rotating Infinity Bros cast here today. I have one other Infinity Bro today. He's the biggest Spider-Man fan I know. It is Isaac Edland. Isaac, how are you? Happy to be here. And we talked about a pre-show on our Patreon that you guys can go check out. But uh, I was not going to be left out of this episode. I, I told Max pre-show that they could not do this show without me because this is this is probably going to be the highlight of my year, honestly, Spider-Verse, entertainment-wise. Yeah, sure, as entertainment-wise, I think this is a strong candidate. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those that are listening for the first time, thanks for checking us out. We hope that uh, you would consider making us part of your podcast rotating experience. As we talked about earlier, six rotating uh, bros that are on this show. We do a lot of different talks about Magic the Gathering, film, TV, comic books, and everything in between. This one's about Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. You didn't come here to hear about other stuff. This one is the movie that's sweeping the nation this weekend, the weekend of June 2nd, uh, released yesterday to $16 million on Thursday night. And we are going to break this movie down as best as we can. Isaac and I were talking pre-show about how we probably are going to miss cameos. And I think everybody who is doing some type of podcast or content creation for this will miss certain cameos. But before we get into anything, we want to make sure that you're familiar with how we rate things here. We're going to rate things with a specific rating system. So I'm going to go ahead and put them over that right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a zero to six point scale. Zero meaning horrible and six meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a six, it gets an infinity snap. And then additionally, we want to give you a heads up. We're going to spoil things. I don't think we can review this one, Isaac, without spoiling it. I just I, I've tried to listen in on spoiler reviews, and even then they they somehow managed to spoil things. So uh, if you haven't seen it, thanks for the click. We already got it. We got your download. It doesn't matter <laughs> in your face. That's but like I'm uh, what a loser. Um, <laughs> but uh, I'm gonna go ahead and have you pause and then come on back because this is your spoiler warning. This is prepare yourself. An infinity bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler <laughs> warning. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Miles Morales catapults across the multiverse where he encounters a team of spider people charged with protecting its very own existence. When the heroes clash on how to handle a new threat, Miles must redefine what it means to be a hero. It's directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, Kemp Powers, Justin K. Thompson. It's written by Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, Dave Callahan. Uh, Phil Lord and Miller worked together on the previous one. Callahan joins them. He just wrote Shang-Chi for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's one of the writers on that. And the cast is pretty, pretty big here. <laughs> Shamik Moore returns as Miles Morales. Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. Oscar Isaac joins the cast as Miguel O'Hara. He was teased in the previous Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse movie in the post-credit scene. Jake Johnson returns as Peter B. Parker. Brian Terry Henry returns as Jefferson Davis. Issa Rae uh, joins the cast as Jessica Drew. Karan Sony uh, joins as Spider-Man India. He was also in Deadpool 3. That's where people will recognize him from. Luna Lauren Velez uh, is Rio Morales, who is uh, Mr. Miles' mother. And then Rachel Dratch is the voice of the principal. There are several cameos. We gave the spoiler warning already. So there's archive footage of Andrew Garfield Toby Maguire, a Hobie played by Daniel Kaluuya, Donald Glover 
And now IMDb is giving this an MCU Aaron Davis credit. I want to talk about that a little later. Not now. Let's talk about that later when we get into cameos. Um, Josh Keaton has several lines as spectacular. Spider-Man, Yuri Lowenthal plays Insomniac Spider-Man. He has a key line in this movie. Taron Killiam plays Patrick O'Hara. And then Andy Samberg plays Ben Riley in this movie. It is a two-hour-plus runtime and as I said, 16 million earlier, Phil Lord and Christopher Miller revealed that they told Sony that this sequel would be the same size as Into the Spider-Verse, but it actually ended up having the largest crew of any animated movie ever. They had a thousand people working on this. They added that it has 240 characters. It takes place in six different universes that each have their own specific touch. We are not going to bury the lead any further. We're going to let our residential Spider-Man expert fan and super fan give his rating of this movie. Isaac, can you tell us your rating of this movie? Before you do that, please give your rating of the first Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Fans of the Infinity Bros will know I'm a very, very big fan of Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. My favorite movie of all time. Um, That's a six out of six easy. I had so many feelings coming into this, like, I want to be I'm obviously super hyped because it's a sequel to my favorite movie of all time. But also, I kind of got vibes from you, Max, earlier this year that like, hey, I don't want to hype this up too much because like if I do, I don't want to get disappointed and somehow, I don't know, tarnish my thoughts of the first one. You know, a lot of mixed emotions, but overall was super hyped coming into this. And I am very pleased to say that Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is also a six out of six for me. It is phenomenal. Probably one of the best animated movies of all time. Like just stylized, like animation wise. I don't know of any movies that can top this, including into the Spider-Verse. It was a very impressive visually. Um, Some crazy things in it that didn't make me elevate it above Into the Spider-Verse. So Into the Spider-Verse, still my favorite movie of all time. Across the Spider-Verse, still six out of six, still very good. We're going to get into the details a little bit, but I mean, I've heard several reviews of this, you know, that are comparing it to Empire Strikes Back of Star Wars, which it's hard to refute with the ending of this movie. Um, It's a clear lead up to beyond the spider-verse which is going to be coming out and i think in 2025 at this point um and i think people are going to be a little disappointed in that but to me phenomenal i mean incredible incredible movie max go ahead with your thoughts as of june 2nd it is currently scheduled for march 2024 it is supposed to release next year wow so they've been working on these side by side it was revealed last year that this would be a two-part movie. I'm going to give Infinity Bird Robbie his uh, review. I had him text it to me. Uh, Robbie says, Sony Animation has created a style that is only second to Studio Ghibli. In the second installment of that Spider-Verse, the heart, the care, the attention to detail of the first film is all here in a movie that will leave everyone wanting more. If they would have called it part one or gave us a warning beforehand in any way, I would be inclined to give this a six, but I was buckled in for a completed story. 
I was unaware of it being a, so I, I asked him if he knew beforehand, if he had known it was a part one. So for context on this comment to paraphrase, he believes a lot of people were left in the dark. This is tough. It's very hard to not call this a six, but the cliffhanger ending really doesn't hit well for me. I give this a 5.9 out of six. Isaac will be furious. <laughs> How dare he? <laughs> this is Jarrett with um, No Way Home, right? Because No Way Home. Yeah, yeah Jarrett was the guy that kept us from Infinity Snap. We have yet no to Infinity home. Snap any of these Spider-Man movies. No, so that's I Robbie's. Think it, I think uh, you did the Spider versus. Well, actually, we didn't review that one fully on our podcast because that sure. one was 2018, and I th- don't think we started until. No, and I'm sorry, No Way Home. Forgive me. Um, I meant uh, yeah, I I knew you were the newest, about, but one, I was just me. going back to Into the Spider. I think all of us would give if we were doing a episode on Into the Spider Verse. I don't recall any of us not giving it a six out of six. Yeah, I'd give it a six. So I'm going to go ahead and my rating. Here's here's kind of my initial thoughts, and we will talk about all of this, I know, in great detail. So visually, Robbie said this is second to Studio Ghibli. I'm, I'm going to firmly disagree. This is number one. This is the top dog. Studio Ghibli is now number two. Um, I, I don't know how many Oscars this movie will win, but this is a smorgasbord for any type of film fan. This is this is an absolute divine accomplishment in the context of any animator. I have several friends who are animators who are gushing over what they saw, articulating a universal message to me that things they did in this movie don't make sense. It doesn't make sense how they were able to blend these multiple styles in one frame. There have to be at least 10,000 shots, and I'm not exaggerating when I say 10,000. There have to be at least 10,000 shots that you could print out on a poster and put in your office after watching this. Oh, oh, easily. Like probably, yeah, probably. There were, there were several times in this movie where I would watch and I'd be like, I really would love that as my screensaver. And I think that's what this movie is. If, if you're an animator, artistic mind, this is the greatest comic book movie ever. This is, it's not even a question. Like if you're a comic book purist, this is exactly what you've wanted. This is exactly what you've asked for with this genre. If you're Sony, you may, there's talks right now of a Miles Morales live action movie. I don't know. I've heard a lot of people go, oh, it's time to do it now. I'm like, I don't know how you do it after this. I don't know (laughs) how you can abandon what they're doing. I just think you can continue to traverse these multiverses and let every movie kind of blend into itself and continue to manipulate the story. That's neither here nor there. This movie is a six out of six. Uh, I, I, I too wrestle with the ending and I will empathize with Robbie's comments on that. If you didn't know this was a two-parter, this had to be just devastating. This had to be just absolutely I had devastating. Multiple the- and my theater did not have a ton of people in it. It was maybe like a quarter full, but I had multiple people when the, it went dark and like the title screen showed up that were like, what? Like I audibly heard people around me saying like, what? Like what's going on? Is this the end? Yeah, and there's been comparisons you said to Empire Strikes Back. I think Infinity War is another example, right, of just like this cliffhanger, awful feeling ending. That is neither of these movies to me, for clarity. I don't don't compare it to those for a couple reasons. One, this is the Back to the Future 2 of of comic book movies because I believe if the third one is tremendous, then it becomes the Empire Strikes Back of comic book movies. If the third one is just not hitting and landing, 
if it's not doing the thing, then this becomes back to the future because the first two back to the futures are tremendous. And the back third back to the future is like, okay, I can't, eh. oh, well, sounds good. Like that is to me, the parallel here, how back to the future two ends and all the cameos and all the weird stuff that back to the future two does. That's what this felt like. Obviously this is a much greater scale. I'm just, I've heard those comparisons and I, I push back on that because that's how back to the future two ended. I, 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 when I walked out of the theater yesterday, I did not have the best theater experience. I had somebody sitting next to me talking the whole time, but I have to say, I haven't stopped thinking about this movie. They crushed the, they crushed the music again. And I don't, I didn't know how they were going to do that in the, after the first one, the soundtrack is really good. I've been listening to it today. I tweeted about, am I dreaming by Metro Boomin? And I I'm just like, what a great song to end this, this movie. Like, I felt like I needed a moment to catch my breath after what I had experienced. And Phil Lord and Miller have absolutely shattered the comic book genre here. And while I agree with you, Isaac, I don't, I don't think I can put this above the first. I've heard a lot of people say this is better than the first. I, it just isn't to me. I, I don't think it is. I think there's just, there's a lot going on here versus the first is, is so pure and and fresh. This is fresh too, but it's fresh in a storytelling way that we'll get into in a visual way versus I think the, the first one was more fresh in terms of comic development, character development, excuse me. So I'm I'm really, I'm really jazzed about this. I think everybody who's a Spider-Man fan has to see this. I think everybody who's a Miles Morales fan has to see this. And there's a lot of stuff in this that shakes up everything happening in every other type of comic book movie in regards to Marvel, every Marvel movie is being challenged after this movie on a storytelling way, on an excellence way. The Marvel cinematic universe finally has its first competitor. This is a real action. Sony now has the ability to back off of Marvel if they want. And I think it hurts Marvel to not get their Spider-Man and insert their Spider-Man into this. So let's talk about some things here. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse, can you explain to me, let, let's, let's dive right to the end. I want to dive right to the end of this. Right, okay. So the big, the big story arc, everybody was wondering, how is this movie going to be? What is the storytelling device? And essentially two big things. One, they, they somehow in a storytelling way showed the Marvel cinematic universe multiverses that they've been working on. They showed it like it branched off. Like guys, it's that is wild. exact. It is exactly like Loki. Yeah. No question that was intentional. No question. They go into the Venom universe. <laughs> they, they literally go into the Venom universe. They have Donald Glover, who's being credited as an MCU movie here, right? like as the MCU prowler. Isaac, do you think this movie was Sony's way of saying, we want in on Secret Wars? Like, is, is this ending basically a huge setup here for like, okay, we're going to resolve everything with Miles and then we're throwing him right into Secret Wars. Or do you think this <laughs> oh, is kind gosh. of the view of it of how I interpreted this was Tom Holland's coming in the third one. They are saving Tom Holland as the big cameo for the third one. How did you interpret that with this ending? Because I know everyone, I, and, and I'm not trying to, dis, by the way, I'm not trying to dismiss Miles Morales' like character here. I'm just saying like they literally, the whole point of this, this movie was Miles Morales is going to break the Spider-Verse if he does what he's thinking about doing. I don't know if I completely align with you on that. I, I think Sony is 
building something that is so big that this might be a hot take, but this transcends the MCU. Like I, I, think, I, I don't disagree. I think that, yes, I, I do agree that Tom Holland could absolutely play a part in the next movie, but this is Miles' story, man. Like I, he's not, he's not going to be a focal person in, in that third movie. If he does, I I'm almost assuming that he probably will, will have a cameo at the, at the least. But this universe that they're building right now, like this is like this takes comic book movies like to a whole nother level. Like you mentioned that, you know, this is if you're a comic book fan, this is the top tier. Like this is everything artistically. This is the best movie maybe that's ever like animated movie that's ever been made. Like this is phenomenal, but I, I just, I just don't think that the MCU is what they are gunning for. Like, do we see Sony characters in the MCU? That's what I'm saying. No, sure. Should we see M- Will we see MCU characters in these movies? Absolutely. Because we saw, we saw so many cameos and, and we've been talking about this pre-show on the Patreon like there's so many cameos in this. You, we are not going to like for weeks, we are not going to know every single cameo probably until they like, you know, we get these like dudes like J buck and heavy spoilers who are making these like Easter egg videos, like a week or two down the road about like every single Spider-Man cameo that's in this. Yeah. There's so many. And it's like, we have a bunch of MCU ones in there. We had, like you said, footage of Andrew Garfield. We had footage of, um toby mcguire and and uh his uncle ben and and all that stuff there's like, audio from hello peter from the newest spider-man movie the live action one as well like this this is including the mcu movies but i think it's transcending those yeah. this is its whole new thing like sony is and and you're you're totally that's an interesting point that i've never thought of sony has hands back on the spider-man franchise again 100 before before into the spider-verse man i thought for sure they were going to sell off their rights, you know, a long time ago. I'm, I'm surprised they kept them for that long because amazing Spider-Man sunk them. Like they could not make anything out of those movies. And, and those are, they're fine for what they are, you know, like Andrew Garfield, great Spider-Man, but man, Sony was in a huge pickle before into the Spider-Verse and they're back in the game, man. Like they're not going to let go of this forever. I, I, want, I want to get back to the movie here. I just, I felt like we needed to talk about Sorry. the MCU thing. I, no, you're good. Uh, there's probably going to be a few rants in this. <laughs> I started with, I started the MCU rant. I just, I think it's, it's difficult to, to watch this movie and not have that conversation because it just felt to me like, oh my gosh, they actually are trying to create something that Kevin Feige needs to be a part of. And I was like, they're doing it. They're actually doing, doing it. Yeah. it. For the first time ever, I'm like, holy crap, Sony needs to be in this. Like before I was, I was so just anti, okay. The other thing that this movie did from, and this is the last MCU point I'm going to make. Miguel's backstory of how he lost his family is the exact credibility that Wanda needed in the second Doctor Strange movie to prove why she couldn't just go to a place where she wasn't existing. Yeah. Like if this movie enhanced an MCU multiverse movie, this is the movie that Doctor Strange multiverse of madness needed to be. 
This yeah. is exactly oh, the absolutely. movie it needed to be. Absolutely. This is crazy that they gave yeah. Marvel a plot hole to use, a plot device, excuse me, to use to make that whole ish make sense. It didn't make sense when Marvel, Wanda was doing it. And I feel like now they have vernacular to do it. And I suspect the MCU will steal some of these principles and thoughts. You know, and, and one thing that I really appreciate about this, all of this, this movie specifically, is that they they took in those properties like the MCU, the previous Spider-Man movies, and they sure. made it a part of their story. They didn't yes. like make a quick joke out of it and be like, oh, those are trash. Like they were like, this is Spider-Man. Like this is what we are and it was it was phenomenal dude oh they did let's get to that now okay we're done with the mcu get out of here mcu you suck (laughs) let's talk about the voice actors we'll get to the art and then we'll talk about the plot um and then we'll get to the actual story ending here in a little bit um people i want to praise and then you can you can kind of add on but also um maybe give give points of reference to other i think luna lauren velez really gave a performance that is worthy of an Oscar co co star performance. I hope that she gets a, I would like to see her get a co-star nomination. I, I would go that far. Her, her communication to miles, her instinctual motherly nurturing knowledge without knowing that he was going away for a long time was so good. And in the trailers, I told you guys this offline that I just, was sobbing every time I was listening to this speech of like, I need you to take care of this little boy I've taken care of. And in the context of, you know, Gwen's there and you know, there's a tension with her and him and you don't know what it is until the end of the movie. I just thought Luna Lauren Velez, not just in her universe, but also in universe 42 was really giving such a tremendous performance. And all these other people are going to get talked about in this. And I just have to pause and tip my hat to her. I really thought every time she spoke, I was on the edge of my seat and I was just encaptured with the emotional, her connection with Shamik Moore. They're not, I, I hope they're in the same room, but they might not be in the same room when they're recording this stuff. And just a well done job by her. Shamik Moore is an absolute legend, man. I mean, this yeah, is like, we're talking sure. Robert Downey Jr. Status. As far as I'm concerned, he is miles freaking Morales. And I just, Another guy that does not get the credit. People are going to talk about Haley Steinfeld, Jake Johnson, Oscar Isaac. I, I just, I, Donald Glover and Daniel Kaluuya are going to get their moment. But Shamik Moore puts in a performance in this that is so beautiful in the context of film, not comic book characters. What characters would you highlight, Isaac, that you're thinking of when you when you walk into this movie? I thought I was going to love Spider-Woman, Jessica Drew, like Issa Rae um, voices her. I thought I was going to love her the most, and I did really, really like her. But one of my favorite, and it's a it's more so a cameo than anything, but like Andy Samberg's playing uh, Scarlet Spider <laughs> was so funny. I cracked up every time he had a line. It was just just phenomenal um those are like my cameo ones um but you're totally right about luna lauren Velas. like she's phenomenal i love that they flip the script a little bit and instead of focusing on um miles and the relationship between his dad sure they and, focus and they on do that and that's a catalyst for the they, plot right, right? that's yeah. still that's still in play for sure but the the major focus between you know, him and his parents is between him and his mom in this one. And I, I thought that was phenomenal. The, the just parent, I mean, I mean, you know, 
we've mentioned this so many times, but the parent vibes really strongly get me. And there were several moments where I teared up during this movie because yeah. of that, like just, just phenomenal performances from all, all around all the parenting and, and even, you know, Peter B Parker with um, Mayday, his daughter, like had, a, had one moment specifically that really got me is when he brought her home from that first like fight encounter and he puts her in bed and he just stays by her crib and just like watches her sleep. And then MJ comes over and they're just like chilling, watching her sleep. And like, there wasn't even a whole lot of dialogue that they, they they were going back and forth and they were, you know, phenomenal as always. But just the fact that he like loves her so much that he's like sitting there just like watching her sleep was like, that was starting to get me too. I was like, Oh man, that's so great. I love that. And Jake Johnson, you know, he definitely played a, a lesser role in this movie, but phenomenal nah, that's his 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 big role is coming back in the third one dude i could definitely see y- you that know sure. he is absolutely going to be the voice of reason for miles and actually um you know another focus father daughter specifically that would get me is gwen and george stacy too that was another absolutely. one that a couple moments that they had was like i mean george stacy had that moment where he you know she removed her mask and revealed that she was spider woman and he was like, he still had his gun pointed at her. He still was like trying to arrest her in that moment. And then when he came back to her, when she came back to the apartment later, he was like, I quit. Like, I literally quit my job because you're too important to me. Mm-hmm. Like, that was another phenomenal, you know, parent moment that there's just so many of them in this movie. It was, it was phenomenal. Shea Wiggum. And Luna, Lauren Velez, these guys are nobodies, guys. These are these are basic. Act, I mean, Shea Wiggum was in Fast Nine as a side note character. Luna, Lauren Velez was in Dexter. Like these are ca- people who have not been in big roles. Absolutely crushing their limited time, right? And they are they are depicted by art, so they have limited control. All they have is their voice. And I I, got to tell you, I I agree with you completely. Shea Wiggum absolutely crushes this. He was a such an important part of this movie for the development of Gwen Stacy and Haley Steinfeld. And let's talk about Haley Steinfeld. You know, have you ever looked at Haley Steinfeld's uh, um, her Rotten Tomatoes scores? No. Everything she does is 90% plus. That does not surprise me. Pretty much universal. Everything she does is 90%. The girl's got a great agent. Okay. She's got a great agent. I don't think uh, Hawkeye's as good as 90%, but that's neither here nor there. That's another conversation another day. What did you think of Haley Steinfeld in this playing Gwen Stacy? And, and did you appreciate the arc of she's Spider-Woman in this? Obviously, uh, Spider-Gwen in the comics. Did you appreciate that they they made her more of a focal point and a catalyst to the, obviously not just the story for Miles, but the plot? She's a very, very important, intricate part of the plot and withholding information from him and also right. betraying him. But also, she's a huge reason he goes missing because she helps him and she doesn't. And she also is kind of the reason that Miles helped uh, Spider-Man India. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? She's phenomenal, as always. Phenomenal in the first film. And I I really enjoy that they gave her almost... I would almost say that she's equally as important as Miles or has as much screen time, at least, as Miles in this movie. And I think that is phenomenal they did a great job at you know kind of 
dissecting their relationship and the um you know the things that are going on like you said they she knew about all the stuff going on with miles didn't tell him and all of them you know like miles points out several times during the movie like you guys didn't come to visit me because you knew that all this was going down and you just didn't want to tell me <laughs> like like and the i mean there there's a great 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 moments with uh with Gwen Stacy in this film that I I'm really looking forward. Cause she is like, ends up being, you know, at the, the final like moment when they kind of like pan out, she's the leader of their new spider gang or whatever, you know, like I, I loved uh, the first movie when they called them the spider gang. So that's what I'm going to keep referring to them as they're the spider gang. Make it so let it be written. So let it be done. Yeah, there it is. Um, but yeah, I, I think she, and she'll be a, you know, like a, again, probably a focal point in the third movie as well. Cause she's the one leading the charge to get her friend back. So. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Isaac too is going to, I mean, plain of gravelly Miguel O'Hara. Uh, who takes on this role of carrying the spider verse on his shoulders. It's funny. Normally Isaac on our show, for those that this, this is your first time listening to us. Normally we, we go character by character interviewing this, but I, I don't think we can do that. Tonight. <laughs> I can't do that. I don't think we can do that tonight. Um, I, so I feel like we're going to not give everybody their, their time, but Oscar Isaac too is, is having a killer year. I think this is another, I mean, he, he's got great range. I, 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 I can't say enough good things about him. I really appreciate too how he's telling a story of losing his daughter without using words and he, his, his voice and his emotional um, dialect is coming through, through the mic into my ears when I'm watching this and, and the art really lends itself. Well, we'll talk about the art shortly here, but I thought Oscar Isaac does that once again, and he's kind of always been put into these weird spots as an actor. Like I think with moon Knight, he he's got to play multiple people. And then with this one, he's got to kind of be a edgy grumpy spider-man <laughs> and that's just a tough spot to be in when everybody else every other spider-man's joking around mm-hmm. um and i think daniel kaluuya as hobie is gonna be an absolute hit with the pop culture Dude. man i mean oh god the pop culture is gonna so love good. it and I, i'm pretty pumped it was kaluuya when i first heard it i was like who is the actor and i was like i know what it is but i just can't there were there were several moments during this film where i was like ah, i've definitely heard that person before who is that <laughs> And it being Daniel Kaluuya was just oh, a so great, good. great thing. Karan Sony, I oh man, Spider Man India was so much more emotional oh, than I thought. When I thought going into this so movie, I was good. like, whatever, I don't care about this character. Yeah, right. And I was so entrenched in his story after Miles saved his his love interest and her dad. I just it was so there. There's one moment like in the edge of the like Miles saves him or whatever, and they're him and his girlfriend and her dad are all standing on the bridge there. And he like he his eyes like slant like he's looking at Miles and you can just see that he's like so thankful mm-hmm. to Miles for like saving his girlfriend's dad and it's just like oh man I did not think this is gonna be this part was gonna be emotional specifically it's just like oh so good yeah I was yeah, he was fantastic. I was grinning ear to ear the whole time he was on screen he was by far my favorite new addition to the team. And I really hope they find a way to make him a focal point in the third one. I really look forward to all the new additions pairing with the old ones. Let, I mean, we're, we're not going to talk about it later, but how pumped are you for it? We're, we're, we're going to talk about the story later in the Spider game, but how pumped are you that Nicolas Cage is going to come back? Oh, man, it's so good. I know. I was super bummed when that he, he, he to- told 
Like he announced that he was not going to be in this film. And I was like, oh, man, like, come on, dude. That was like one of my favorite parts of the first movie. Oh, so good. They really played it right. Introducing new people that people would love with and then bringing them all together for the third one. Yeah, I think that was the right way to do it. That's that's like just. And John Mulaney's had kind of a checkered couple of years, you know, kind of got addicted to cocaine and needed to go to rehab. So I think uh, giving <laughs> Mulaney a little time to get his his image right probably helps as well. Um, yeah doesn't really pump to see those two back i can't wait i think those are i i just have a hard time seeing them not team up with tom holland i really don't i have a hard time not seeing them team up i can see it man i can see it for sure we'll see let's talk about this art the art of this is the talk of the town the main feedback from the critics when this first was released or in special screenings was art this is visually stunning this is visually a masterpiece nobody's ever done this before robbie alluded earlier that it's two behind studio ghibli ghibli however you say it i would go as far as to say this is the top dog now moving forward what what are your thoughts on the art isaac can you give us a couple frames or thoughts in the movie that you're like this these images are sticking out to me i don't know if i can give you specific images but you you referenced it before that like there's six universes that we spend a lot of time in and the way that they make each universe so distinct is just phenomenal. Like, so Gwen Stacy, for instance, her universe, like if you, if you watch the movie, like, and you watch the backgrounds, it's like watercolor painted pastels, pink and green. And like, it's just, it's beautiful. Like it's a, it's a beautiful like world and background that she lives in. And she comes to Miles's world, which is, you know, pretty similar to, you know, our universe, our life, our lives, normal, you know, USA, New York type stuff. And it's just so cool how they still make her look like her universe and her pop out of and and it's so, so evident when they're going through Miguel's like base or whatever, when they have all of those different Spider-Men like we have Insomniac Spider-Man who looks like he's from the PS4 like system. Like they didn't change the art on that. He looks the same as he is in the PS4, PS5, like looks the same, but he's standing next to almost 2d spider punk, like Hobie Brown. Like he's kind of more comic booky, like 2d looking. And then standing next to miles, who is the, you know, kind of the 3d, stuff that we got in the first film it's just i don't know how they did it and then you even add in donald glover live action and they're standing right next to each other and it looks good it looks phenomenal oh i i'm geeking out like it's it's so stinking good dude no i I, we're gonna talk about the canon stuff later i want to spend some time talking about that storytelling device and you alluded to it earlier how every spider-man has all these um specific pillars that are part of their framework during the scene where they're doing exposition and by the way this movie does have a lot of exposition mm-hmm. there are some flaws in it i think that's an ex that's that that would be one of the flaws is exposition is all over the place it feels like but when they do the exposition and for them to have spectacular spider-man in one corner toby mcguire in another corner and then another uh andrew garfield in another corner that was mind-boggling it was mind-boggling to see um hobie's art conflict with gwen's art conflict with miles's art 
I'm using the word conflict, but it really didn't conflict. It no, all yeah, melded it flows. Somehow they were able using advanced technology, incredible image, spectacular pun intended vision to put this all together. And it worked. It didn't look like cheap Photoshop. And Isaac, I got to tell you, I was a little concerned when I saw that. I, I didn't publicly say that. And I know the first one didn't give me any reason to hate that. And Palm to the Sky, guys, I really did expect to see some live action cameos in this because of how people were talking about this movie. I was like, okay, clearly Andrew Garfield is going to be in this or Tom Holland's coming by for a frame and they're just, it's going to look like it's a YouTube fan fan. Fiction. Yeah. I mean like the, the big thing that you get from all of these reviews is like the cameos wink, wink the cameos. And so it's I'm like, like all okay. right, I'm expecting those three to show up and two of them did, but I was not expecting Donald Glover to show up and I was not <laughs> expecting was him to oh be gosh. next to all these different types of Spider-Man. You talked about the insomniac Spider-Man yeah. And for them to not only visually pull that off, but to have Miles and him have a dialogue was truly remarkable. Yeah. And that is the type, I don't know if, I heard Koi Jandro say that that is the best and most important cameo of all time. I'm not going to call it that. I am going to call it one of the craziest cameos of all time. Wait, I the Donald think Glover one? He said that. I was like, I don't know if I'd call it that, okay. um, but I will I say call this. It that, but I wouldn't it was call awesome. it that either. I, I wouldn't it. call it that either. I, yeah. I really find, I just couldn't believe that they were able to do that. One thing I want to talk about, the best shot, you, you said you couldn't think of a best shot. I could tell you exactly which shots I can think of. Anything involving the spot. Anything oh, involving the oh, spot oh. was yep, I, absolutely phenomenal. And they mixed about five different types of art with that character. And I'm looking at a shot right now of just like, their kind of vision with him of like where this is going when he starts to discover his how much power he has and he's still in miles's universe mm -hmm. and he like he like kind of rises up and the art starts turning just like dark and like it's linear and like still colors are going through it but it's almost all black and it's like mm -hmm. whoa, that was like like almost a scary moment in this animated film like I watched that like and my kids were right next to me and I'm like, oh, this is kind of scary. I don't, I don't know if my kids are going to really enjoy this because it's freaky. It was scary. It's stuff out of an LSD drawing. It's like if yeah. you put someone on LSD and you told them to draw, this is like yeah, the, I, and I, I, my assumption is that was what they were going for. This yeah, is an unhinged sure. character. This is a character that feels slighted. Honestly, here's the vibes I got of this character, and, and I'm not trying to make a joke of it, but I got mass shooting vibes. I got the vibes of a mass oh, yeah. shooter when I watched Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Of somebody who felt slighted, somebody who was pathetic in the eyes of the view, in the view of people, and somebody who was treated poorly once by Spider-Man. I mean, how many Spider-Man movies have we seen? Like, for instance, Amazing Spider-Man 2, where Andrew Garfield is being nice to Max, uh, yeah. uh, Jamie Foxx's weird mm -hmm. character. I mean, like all these movies, the superheroes are like nice to them and then they're bad. In this one, it flips that that trope. And I got the mass shooter vibe and I got this idea that he's like, he just doesn't care. He literally doesn't care. And he's a great villain for this. Everyone was thinking it was so going to be good. Oscar Isaac. And I got to tell you, he really, really impressive um, what he's doing. Oh, the actor who played him. I absolutely loved his 
flip for yeah jason schwartzman i loved his flip from like in the first probably even half of the movie he's like almost innocent bumbling like he's he can't figure out his own powers and then in that moment that we just talked about he's like oh i can do so much more and he becomes a threat in like maybe a minute clip that we see mm-hmm. in this movie mm-hmm. and that that like change from him just being this fun like you know kind of like annoying like not not a threat at all change into this dude could mess up the multiverse this could this dude could wipe out multiverses if he like realizes his full power sure and he he does and that's a harrowing like realization moment that is beautifully illustrated by the animation team. Like you feel, you feel the fear that you assume like miles and, and I think it's miles and his dad that are in that moment. They're standing there like watching his dad is saving a girl uh, in a red shirt. And like, they see this and it's like, Holy crap crap like uh, and it, and it looks like previs drawing but it's it, it oh, that yeah. has to be intentional right like it's and, almost like this is the pre-visualization mm-hmm. of the scene we're going to do for right. the third one yeah and they were like no let's 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 leave it in like that because that will that's another layer it's it and we can add a couple pieces of color and, and I, it's I'm, less i'm no i'm no artist like no i'm not gonna not be the one to like point out all, all the cool things about art but one thing i did notice in this is that when you see like you said like previs when you see spot He's got like, you know, you know how some um, artists, when they start making a character, they draw like a pretty like basically stick figures to outline what yeah, they're yeah. doing. You see the illustration of like the stick figure in spot almost throughout this whole film until he like gets real scary and, you know, like goes kind of off the rails. But like in that first part, he's like a basic character and then boom, upgraded, you know, just it's it's the the work that they put into this and the thought that they put into each character is just incredible i do want to acknowledge the comic book artists that are referenced in this in the post-credit scenes uh adrian alfona anand remshan bill sinchevsky sanford green afua richardson brian stelfreeze rosemary valero o'connell rick leonardi mateo scalera Andy Siriano. Um, those are the comic book artists that are referenced in this movie. So anything with Miles Morales, these are the guys and gals that are referenced. I really think on this one, it's important to name those people. You can't name the thousand VFX people. This is one of those movies, guys, before we keep talking about this and get into the plot. When I go back, I'm staying through the credits because those individuals deserve the right for me to read their name. With all due respect to movies, I don't really care about seeing credits. I think 95% of the time, I don't give two flying figs. In this one, it is, it is, I think we, I think we as the audience owe them that. If, if you feel that this, if you're somebody that walks out of this, like, and says like, oh, this is stunning. One of the most artistic movies ever. You need to sit your butt back down and watch the credits and read those. I mean, I think we need, Sony's got to put those names out there. I think. Yeah. We got to get those names out there in the masses. Here's the other thing I'll say, and this this is this is a very bold take. This is the best post credit art I think ever in comp mm-hmm. in in with the song. Um, what's up, danger I, is the I song of the first one. Um, am I dreaming is the song of the second one. And again, like how I walked out, how I was like, I had to take a breath after after seeing what happened. 
And then for that to be the song and to just watch Miles go in and out of the spot. And it's like, you can't, you're like, this whole movie is an artistic masterpiece. This is a masterpiece in terms of art. Right. You can poke holes at the, at the plot, pun intended. You can poke holes in the jokes. You can pull, poke holes in the, should they have done this? Should they have done that? I think I can go there with you, but I cannot go with anybody that doesn't call this art in terms of, oh, yeah. in terms of a masterpiece in terms of art. So I want to make sure that point. Any other things in the art before we get to the plot and close out the show? Oh man, I yeah, I I think we've basically covered it. But like, I I think I'll just reiterate that this is probably the most visually impressive animated film ever, like surpassing the first one, which I believe the first one up until this point was probably the most visually impressive, or at least like top five. This is this is better than that one. So like. Yeah, you can't really, we can't even really refute that. Even if you don't like these movies for some reason, I'm not sure why you wouldn't like them. But you can't, you honestly can't say that this is not art. Like, this is a masterpiece, like you were saying. It's just so good. I really hope content creators and people find a way to to celebrate these people. Like, it'd be really cool if we could find one of these artists that would be willing to come on our show and just talk about how they made it. I really think that might be something we need to look into. I I will hunt one of them down because that would be phenomenal. I think that I don't care who they are and how little or how much they did. If if you were part of this, I really think you deserve to be on. I am going to be thrilled to to listen to podcasts and content that levitates these people. I I don't. Shamik Moore did a cr- tremendous job. I want to hear from him. I want to hear from Oscar Isaac, Haley Steinfeld, all these guys. But I want Phil Lord to sit with about five of his best artists. And I want them to talk about how they made this for an hour, an hour, not, not 20 minutes, an hour. So I I hope, I hope Sony is wise enough to do that. Marvel, Sony and DC have not had the best track record of always giving proper credit to their artists. I hope they can change that. The plot, uh, the main, the main tension point here is the relationship between miles and his dad. And we find out that there are specific canon moments that have to occur for every Spider-Man. But we get the paradox of how Miles exists, which is his spider. And and they had this, guys, they had this stuff dialed in in the first movie. They knew exactly what they were doing. They've they've planned these movies out, like all three of them, before they started making Into the Spider-Verse. Like this is thousand percent. I couldn't believe, it never occurred to me that that spider was from another universe guys. I know, I know it's, it's split, but like that didn't, that didn't register to me for some reason when watching the first movie, it's, it's stupid. It's I'm just being dumb, but that mattered so much. And it's the reason that the first Peter Parker died. It's the reason he died. Miles is the reason he died. So now no matter what miles has to live with that, the best part of Spider-Man, if you're a Spider-Man fan, is the fact that Stan Lee said this. He's like, your aunt is sick on one side of the state, or the city, excuse me, and the bomb that's going to blow up the city is on the other side. You can only go one direction. Which direction will you go? And that is the quandary that Spider-Man continues to be put into. And this is on a grander scale. This is on a multiverse scale. So not only does Miles have to make this choice for himself, he has to make this choice on behalf of everyone else. And it's Miles versus every single spider-man if they had (laughs) called this miles versus the spider-verse that might have been a more appropriate title than miles spider-man across the spider-verse i have to the the canon arc because when i was hearing reviews i was like what are they talking about that like 
It celebrates Spider-Man canon. How are you going to celebrate all this stupid stuff that Spider-Man does? And in the first one, they did it, but it was just funny. No, all that stuff matters. matters. Having Venom matters. Knowing Silver Sable matters. Mary Jane matters. Um, Or or, uh, all these different types of arcs, they all matter. A, A captain in your life will die. It matters. Those tropes not only matter, they're important and yeah, you can you talk canon, about the art here like they're canon the canon yeah. is important you cannot be spider-man without the canon so now miles has to choose to attempt to rewrite his life versus the universe i mean this is such an epic tale of individualism and while i'm not the biggest individualist on the planet with my personal values and beliefs what a great storytelling device for anybody, especially if you're an adolescent in this country. I mean, in this world, excuse me. I mean, that's this has to be great. I I loved that through line. I loved everything about it. I, I loved that. He says, everyone is telling me how to write my story. Literally every single character is telling him in this movie what to do. That's the quintessential line. If you're going to pick one line from this movie, that's the one. Everybody's telling me how to be who I am, but nah. Nah, I'm gonna be me or whatever he says. Like that, I'm gonna do me. I'm gonna do me. It it it's different. This is different. This isn't it's, like oh my truth, blah 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 blah. This is, I'm literally going to go against what everybody says, and it will have consequences. Because guess what, guys? It's the right thing to do. That is Spider Man. Yes. The right thing to do is to try to save his dad. Right. Exactly. It is not to stand by and literally every other Spider Man who holds this moral code is against him in this. It's unbelievable the depth this and story the crazy, the crazy part about this, this like plot specifically, is that, you know, we get that moment where this is like, they're telling Miles this, so like breaking this to Miles. Every Spider-Man slowly like starts coming in from, you know, they know. From the fog, because they've already been told this, you know, when they came into the fold or whatever. Every Spider-Man has like, accepted this in some form like sure yeah i mean we we probably will have lots of moral quandaries in the third one where you know they're taking sides and blah blah blah, all that stuff but like every spider-man at that point is like accepted that like they know things that are going to happen and they aren't going to stop it which is kind of my that was where my mind went i was like wait so peter b parker knows this is going to happen and he's not stopping it like that was like, oh, wow. OK, this is where Miles like this is where I'm thinking like Miles is at. Like, dude, you know, this is happening, but you're not going to stop it. Like the betrayal is off the chains in this. Right. The betrayal yeah. is so hurtful in this. The betrayal is so painful in this. Gwen is the one who is like, I get it. Like, he's right. Like, yeah, we need to actually go and fix this because something happens because she she too is an anomaly right so she's also an anomaly yeah she, exactly her dad quit he quit and, mm-hmm. she, and and there is a way and it's basically it oscar isaac's character is preserving something that happened specifically to him and yes there are other people that's happened to so say what you want about civil war ii it's not it's not a great comic but this is like this is what I thought of. This is Civil War II. Oscar Isaac is like trying to prevent the future from collapsing mm-hmm. in the present. And that stuff hasn't even happened yet. 
but he's trying to prevent it. He's he's like the Captain Marvel in Civil War Two, which is, I mean, I if you read Civil War Two and you're on Captain Marvel's side, like you're you're on the wrong side. Like that's like you can clearly see that that's the wrong side. I love that you um, have to take a moment to say that. <laughs> that's also the one where Miles Morales kills Captain America. So like I think that's another interesting arc in that. That if if you're a Miles fan and you want a great read, go read that. Keep yeah, going. That is interesting. But anyways, like that that was one thing that I thought of. Like everybody knows that you're. I mean, all of us viewers, anyways, obviously the Spider-Men have somehow come to the conclusion that they're following this guy. But but like that was the was like, dude, you're you're trying to prevent something that hasn't even happened yet. Yeah. And ha- you and and he believes that it will happen based on his experience of going into sure. a different universe and that universe collapsing. But I mean, he has no proof that that's going to happen in every single universe. So, you know, it's it's it is. It's it's a pretty well developed storyline. Like it, it's 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 pretty good. This is one of the ext- most extremely difficult plots to to com- communicate. And I think for me, when talking about the ending, and we'll talk real now, we'll go to the real ending, not the MCU ending that I talked about at the front end. Um, the arc of him getting out, because that shows who Miles is. He he finds a way, and that's also a Spider Man thing, right? Against all odds, he finds a way. Yeah. Right. Um. Miles gets sent sent to uh, the uh, universe forty two. Full disclosure, guys, that was so obvious that that was coming to me that he was going to go somewhere that would have a huge plot twist. Like, yeah, I didn't necessarily know that he would be Prowler, but my gut told me his uncle will be there at this other universe. That's what my gut told you me. Kind of expected some kind of plot twist you just didn't know what that plot twist was gonna be it was obvious to me that he was going to a different universe was it obvious to you because like i saw the 42 on the screen too but like it was pretty obvious he wasn't in at his home yeah they flashed the 42 but they did a really really great job at like making it look like it was miles's universe and he believed it obviously so it's crazy how how far back that 42 mattered in the first movie it's crazy that 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 all mattered the 42s all around they mattered it was like that I'm really, really, really intrigued to see where that's all going to come into play. Because, I mean, again, like I, this was a twist that it was a twist. Like we, like I said, we knew there was a twist coming. This was not what I, zero clue that Miles is going to show up as a prowler at the end of the yeah. Movie. It was, was Miles, like, Miles versus whoa. Miles, right? Okay, that's awesome. <laughs> I love that. I kind of assumed there would be more prowler stuff. I kind of thought like it'll be Miles versus prowler. And, it makes it wasn't one of those like oh my gosh moments it was more of a okay that makes sense good call nice move Mm -hmm. right the foil is himself i like that yeah yeah really dramatic stuff he tells his mom that he's spider-man he finds out his dad's dead then his then this miles finds out that his dad's alive and now you've got yourself set up tension yeah and this is where robbie talked at the beginning and i I would echo this i this this ending's tough if if you're Mm -hmm. this is not a full movie now for me I can still give it a six in that, but I do think there are going to be people who are like, you didn't give me a full movie. You gave me part one and part two. And this isn't infinity war. Cause in infinity war, that was a full movie. Thanos did Thanos started front to end. What he meant to it was do a full movie where the bad guy won, but it was still a full movie. It was right? a full movie. It was its own thing. And it, it, it infinity war intentionally built itself on. It does not need another movie. Um, obviously after end game, but, this one made made the choice to end on a cliffhanger. Your thoughts on the cliffhanger? Like the cl- just having a cliffhanger in that yeah. way. Your thoughts? I I 
didn't love it, but the only reason I didn't love it was because I'm ready to see Beyond the Spider-Verse right now. Um, I want I, I was like, no, we can't end and not watch Spider-Verse for another year. Like, we can't do that. That was the only reason I was like upset, even if you can call it that. Um, I I already knew this was gonna be a part one. I, I did think they were gonna it was gonna be a little bit more of a complete movie than it was yeah i but, did too i did too but like and that, that that's honestly the reason why i can't elevate it above into the spider-verse because into the spider-verse is complete satisfaction this is and going back to empire strikes back when i was a kid empire strikes back was the first movie that i was like this is a dumb ending i don't i don't like this ending because it wasn't a complete movie it was leading into return of the jedi and it was a clear cliffhanger that you know left you having to see the next movie uh you know for better or for worse and that's where i'm like i can appreciate that doesn't mean that i like it um and i i don't hate how they did it either they did it in a way that i think this movie deserved but still we don't get to see beyond the spider verse for another year, man. Like, ah, come on. Oh, hate and that. the spot is just looking horrific. Just he looks, yeah, he looks I, so I, menacing. I honestly love that. Like nobody really like miles knows what a threat the spot is. And nobody else seems to really have learned how big of a threat he is yet. Or they haven't actually paid attention to him as much as they, Sure, no, because the Spider-Men are so focused on themselves. Right, they're so um, focused on the- Miles. They're, they think Miles is going to break the multiverse. The right. meta commentary on the Spider, Spider-Man character is just bonkers. I mean, they're going to write... You're going to see so many character studies and, like, you know those YouTube videos, those, those people who go to film school and they do, like, an hour and a half <laughs> videos? And you're going to see film studies of this movie that are longer than this movie, guys. Like, like, just the meta and conversation of, like, Hey, when you're selfish, here's what happens. Hey, when you focus on you, here's what happens. That's the Spider-Man. Right. They're missing the big picture of like Spot literally being able to destroy multiverses with his power, which was what they're trying to protect. Right. Exactly. Miles, how do you get bit by another universe's spider? (laughs) Right. Oh, I don't know. It was the Spot's fault. The Spot was the guy that brought it into the universe. I mean, come on, guys. It's like, stop passing the buck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just it, it's it's pretty remarkable. That part in particular, when I first watched it, because I saw it at 10 o'clock and it didn't. The guy's talking next to me and I was just, you know, really anticipating it when I've processed it now to getting to today. I'm more like, whoa, like there's a lot I'm missing that I, I need to go back and watch again. I've only seen this once. Um, I, I still don't think it's better than the first, Isaac. I think I'm I'm, I'm comfortable saying that. I'm comfortable saying that. I think think the only negative, honestly, the only negative thing that I can really say about this movie is you mentioned like there's a lot of exposition and sometimes that's not a bad thing, but I don't think they absolutely nailed the pacing of that exposition. Like agreed when we come into the movie, it feels like they're going like a thousand miles a minute trying to like catch you up on everything that's happening. And then all of a sudden they slow down and they focus on, miles and and his mom's relationship and then they speed up and there's things going on and then they slow down and they focus on other relationships and it's just like 
there's a lot of inconsistency in the pacing, I feel like. But they felt the need to explain Miles's story twice. Yeah. Yeah, that was like Gwen explained it and then he explained it again. And it was like, I you give it to us once. Like, I understand you gotta catch people up that haven't seen it. I get that. You gotta do and it's that. Like, and do we have to do that though? That was kind of what it was like. Like, do you have to do that? I've heard that feedback. My feedback is part of what made the first one so good was everyone was explaining their story. That's true. But that was that was like a joke of the first one, though. And this one didn't really have that like element to it. I think it filled Miles in on like, here's what here's what I've been up to since. Yeah. And I liked yeah. that. Didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. It just felt like felt like they could have like maybe cleaned that up and made it even more even i guess but beyond that like i mean i have no real negative things to say about this. these are ticky tack things we're talking about here guys these are these are very ticky tack things i think yeah i i my official stance on it is this this is not the empire strikes back this is the back to the future two until i see the third if the third does not do what the first two did and it's meh this is back to the future of comic book movies first two are great third one doesn't do it if it is crushes it then we're talking Star Wars. And here's the other thing, guys. I'm, I'm, Isaac, I'll say this. I think Guardians of the Galaxy is still better. Th- the third Guardians of the Galaxy. I think I'm still taking Guardians of the Galaxy 3 after seeing this. I, I think what Guardians of the Galaxy has done, even after watching this, is pretty remarkable. I mean, and the, and Flash is in two weeks, and apparently that movie is bananas. So, like, we're looking at a really, really special time in comic book history yeah, dude, for absolutely. movies. Like, I honestly, after the last couple of years, this year is bonkers for comic book movies because I mm-hmm. feel like the last few years it's been a little bit of a rough stretch with kind of Marvel going through phase four and, you know, DC in just shambles before James Gunn, you know, kind of corrects the course over there. It's it's kind of been a rough couple years for comic book movies. So I'd this agree. is yeah, this is this is I mean, I, I totally agree. I don't think I agree on the, I think I like this one better than guardians of the galaxy three, but Gar- guardians of the galaxy three was a six out of six for me. Like I absolutely love that one. Both of these movies really, really scratch that itch for me in different ways. Yeah, they they really do it for me in different ways. They're very different movies, but they both, but they both guardians of the galaxy three is just the proof that like, Hey, you know what? If spider verse lands this and uh, three beyond the spider verse crushes it, we're talking about an all-time trilogy again. And I think oh, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is already in that conversation. I think then you have to have a real dialogue of that that movie's in a trilogy in and of its own. So I, mm-hmm. I'm really excited for that. Um, I, I, I'm really excited for the third one. Hey, real quick, before we end our show, we got a couple minutes left, Isaac. Tell me some theories. What do you think this, this third one's going to go? Uh, we talked about our MCU stuff earlier, but uh what's the percentage chance you think tom holland's gonna be in it but what do you think plot points happen for this movie for the third oh man it's so early to speculate i feel like but i feel like i mean spot has already been set up to be like he's the big bad in this third movie um and i think miguel o'hara is going to see that part way through the third film um, and I mean, they're eventually going to get all of the spider people together fighting spot is what it's going to come down to. Mm-hmm. Like it, Miguel O'Hara, Oscar Isaac has been an, actually a really incredible like villain. He does. He does a great job of being just like chilling, haunting, you know, creepy. Um, Miguel O'Hara was a perfect choice for the kind of like the 
villain Spider-Man, if you want to call it that. Like that was a great choice. Spider-Man 2099 is a is a great character that I think needs to have a, a spotlight shined on too. But yeah, he's definitely gonna come around to be like, I don't know how that's gonna happen, but he's going to eventually realize, like, hey, this is the bigger threat here. We're talking multiverses getting eliminated threat and that'll be a cool moment when we see him come to the light because he's a character that I've liked from, from comics and stuff too. So it'll be, it'll be awesome to see that Uh, in terms of Tom Holland. I, I strongly believe he will be in this, this third movie. I think, I think Sony made it very clear in this one that anything's on the table. That's what they made clear in this second one. Any, they had Lego Spider-Man. I mean, that was just so good. Another really great part that was so funny. And obviously, uh, Lord and Miller were on the Lego movie team. So, like, mm-hmm. right. that's kind of a personal one for them, I'm assuming, yeah, as well. I'm sure. Oh, that was the first time that I really got a good laugh, I feel like, is when Peter Parker from the Lego multiverse like went into the bathroom and he pulled up his like translator thing oh, and Miguel O'Hare so, was like and, and he's Miguel O'Hare was like you're one of the best Peter <laughs> from the Lego universe he said you're one of the best and and he's he's going beep boop like he's he's <laughs> making the noise for the thing like oh because gosh, that's what they did so, in that movie it was so perfect so like Lego wise and so perfect like Spider-Man oh absolutely chef's kiss Six out of six and, no notes uh, <laughs> wow additionally I think Sony may have done their due diligence in this previous Spider-Man movie, Isaac. I think I think they gave Spider-Man some space to be a friendly neighborhood so he could swing into oh, this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I really Absolutely. do. I think this doesn't affect the MCU at all if he swings into this movie. Because what's he going to say? Nobody knows who he is. Nobody knows who he is. He He's not gaining any... any. He'd just be gone and nobody would notice. Like, And the Marvel Cinematic... I just, I just firmly, firmly believe that they want Tom Holland for this third one at, at the bare minimum at a cameo at the bare minimum. Oh yeah. I could, I, I think that's like almost a given is that the bare minimum, he will be a cameo. Yes. I think the, the, the question is how big of a role is he going to play? Is it just going to be a cameo? Is he going to actually be on a team? And I don't know if he should be on the team. I, I mean, I said at the beginning, he should be on the team, but the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I like the first two teams kind of being together to make a super yeah. team. And yeah. That's a great, that's a great combo, dude. The redemption of betrayal that Mar- that miles experiences mm-hmm. for him to see them all back together, telling him they yeah. love him would be, yep. that'll be a really cool moment. I, I, oh, miles gonna is going to so win guys, but I think the spot stuff is going to be really great. I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see some Spider-Man die. Uh, I, I think that would be cool. I think Miguel O'Hara is going to die. I think he'll die I sacrificing yeah, um, I could see that. to kind of carry on the torch. I think there's a chance Peter, Peter B. Parker could die, uh, oh, which would really die. be emotional for a lot of people. But also, I think, um, I just think his arc may be good. Like, I think he might be good. I think he's, he's panned out. Like, he's... Honestly, like this movie made it pretty clear that Peter B's spotlight was into the Spider-Verse. I don't know if he's going to step forward into the spotlight again. Peter B. Parker is going to save, save Miles's dad and Peter B. Parker is going to die. He's going to break the canon event. And then Miles is going to have to beat spot to save the universe. And that'll be emotional for everybody. Oh, Um, because i don't think they're gonna kill gwen i think gwen they want that love romance and i think they want gwen in the event that they do bring these guys into live action movies they want her minimum she's going in she's got to be in that secret wars movie 
Absolutely. So, man, it'll be interesting if Marvel can somehow pull this all together um, with Sony. But you kind of made a good point. Like, I wonder if the COVID thing just, if everyone's out of the COVID thing production-wise and, like, it's, we're back. And, like, these directors and writers, obviously the writers block of, issues are happening in hollywood right now but maybe these writers are back maybe maybe these directors are back i don't know yeah maybe Time well it's been up. an hour and 15 minutes uh of great dialogue isaac thank you for coming on and joining us this episode it's been a pleasure i will 100 percent talk spider-man with anybody anytime uh hit me up awesome and if you're still listening hey thanks for being just part of your podcast experience if you could do me a favor hit the subscribe button we'd love that you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Email us at the Infinity Bros Podcast at gmail.com. Check us out on Discord, Twitch. If you like something in content, I promise you we got it, and I promise you we're going to take good care of you. Hey, we're appreciative of you. We want you to know you're part of the extended Infinity Bros. Are we a multiverse now? Are we becoming a Infinity? Are we becoming a Spider Verse at this point? Maybe, maybe potentially. We are. Do you think one of us is in the Spider Verse? Do you think you're in the Spider Verse? I sure hope I am. Oh gosh, that'd oh, be amazing. Man. That'd be pretty cool. Well, we love you guys 3000. We'll talk to you soon. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.